Hey everyone, this is Lloyd on Hawaii, also known as L.A. Smooth and the Great Lofa. And right now I'm here on this podcast introducing Kings of the Ring. So stay tuned because you're going to hear a lot more. You're listening to the Kings of the Ring Podcast Network. Welcome to the Kings of the Ring. My name is Steve Detai, the writer-director of your favorite monthly wrestling soap opera. It's the family and corporate drama of succession with the 80s sports debauchery of winning time rise of the Lakers dynasty, all told as a Game of Thrones-sized epic. And while the stories are all based off of something that actually happened in the wild and crazy world of wrestling, the characters are fictional and generally up to your imagination in what they look like. But thanks to AI, the boys at Monosports Media have called some actual generated images of what the Kings of the Ring characters uh, might actually look like. And in some cases, it's quite uncanny how they look even more like the character than I ever could have pictured it in my own head. But look at the official website at kingsotr.com characters, and that's the section where you'll see everyone from Thor Hansen to Les Henderson, uh, but all the season one characters visualized. Kings of the Ring is intended for mature audiences. Today's episode would be rated M.A. for sexual content, profanity, drug use, and violence. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. Another night in Tokyo, another night of pills and booze, finished off by a single-serving boyfriend for Michael Angel back at his flat. After he's done with him, Michael sits on the edge of his bed, rummaging through his nightstand, looking for anything to keep his swirling buzz state going. Finding nothing, he walks around naked, searching. He finds the young man's jacket and rummages through it, and finds a baggie of white powder. He pulls it out, not seeing the needle. Jackpot! The young man awakens, sees what Michael wants to do, and walks over to help him. While Michael waits impatiently, the young man prepares the special cocktail and the needle for Michael. He kneels down in front of Michael, resting his elbows on Michael's knees, and ties a rubber strap around Michael's arm, pulling it tight. While Michael's body isn't as rippling as it usually is, he's still far more muscled than almost anyone. He finds a vein quickly and stabs it in Michael's arm, and pushes down in the plunger. Michael's eyes immediately roll back, as the fluid enters Michael's body, and he collapses on the bed, and his body starts to tremble and convulse. Nico! Nico! The young man stands over Michael, slapping his face, trying to revive him. Michael's eyes are half open and glazed, and then he stops moving entirely. Nico! Wake up, man! Wake up! Michael is not responding. The young man scrambles around in a panic, grabs his things, and heads out the door, while Michael is completely still, unmoving. The sun shines in the window as the front door opens, and Mikasa walks into Michael's flat and sees Michael on the bed, still, with blood and bile caked on his chin. He feels his face and it's cold. He turns to one of the young boys with him. Kill Kyusha.
Gabriel Angel steps off the 747 plane, wading through Japanese passengers. His eyes, hidden by sunglasses, red and swollen from crying most of the flight. As he steps into the gate, he sees the main man for World Japan, Mikasa, who has a young wrestler with him. Uh, Gabriel. They shake hands as the young wrestler picks up Gabriel's bag. We go hospital. You see Michael. Yeah. I need to see him. They start walking when Gabriel pulls on Mikasa's arm and stops. Mikasa, uh, how did it happen? Oh, what happened? How did he die? He no dead. Come again? Doctor said he would wake up. You called my dad and said Michael is dead. He look dead, but he coma. Are you fucking kidding me? Gabe throws Mikasa up against the wall and, and points in his face. The young boy can't even comprehend he's doing something like that to someone like Mikasa. Mikasa waves the boy off as he's about to attack Gabriel. I flew out here with the past 24 hours thinking my twin brother died when he's actually in a fucking coma. I don't know how things are in Japan, but there's a big fucking difference between being dead and being in a fucking coma. Jesus fucking Christ, Mikasa. Please uh, forgive me, Angel. He was dead, but he come back. But I no tell you until you land. He have drug overdose. He can still die. All right, let's go. Somebody please call my father and tell him that Michael Angel is alive. Kings of the Ring, episode 46, Consequences. What? You just say you lost the part in Predator to Corporal Punishment? How in the holy hell did he even get that spot? Uh, I don't know. I, I just heard. It was just Thor, you fucked this up big time. You've been trying to push your weight around here, but losing major movie parts to jobbers like Corporal Punishment is not a good way to do it. Up until now, you've been a huge asset and brought strong publicity to the Empire. So hopefully this will ground you and bring you down to Earth. Because you're not the only Empire wrestler who can turn heads in Hollywood. And that's a fact. Just ask your idiot manager, Daybreak. Vance Armstrong? Who the hell is he? Those are God Cobra Pomer. I got some buzzer on Tom. People wondering how it was or they thought it was ya. What did you just say? No, I didn't mean it like that. I meant he's like a femme version of Yothar. You're the real Dale. You're a macho man. This Vance Armstrong is like Peter Pan next to ya. Enough about Vance. As if corporal punishment wasn't enough to worry about. And since Julian has major heat with punishment, he thinks I'm worthless now because Jerry got the part. Huh? Corporal punishment is the guy who got the predator part. And he was a wrestler Julian just fired because he was stealing my gimmick. Now how the fuck did this happen, Daybreak? You told me not to audition. You shouldn't have. Uh Listen, Ben, the studio made up their minds. They couldn't afford to pay you, so they brought in this other guy. That means nothing. No one will even notice this guy, because it's small potatoes, and you don't want it anyway. Arnold Schwarzenegger does not team up with anyone or share the spotlight. You've never had a shot at this, because 
because you are too big a star. Really? Yes, star. But I lied to ya. Well, uh, well, what now? Is there some other movie you can put me in for? I mean, I'll audition now. Anything. Well, um, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm cooking something up. Yeah, yeah. Just give me a little time. Uh, I want it ready before I pitch it to ya. It better be something, Danny, because I'm not looking too good right now, and if Julian drops me, I got nothing. All these other guys starting to rise up, this new Vance Armstrong guy, Tommy Aloha's the talk of the industry, all these guys breathing down my neck, and my movie status has always kept me above everyone. Now I don't even know if I can hold on to my spot. <sighs> Julian's going to replace me, I just know it. Replace you? I thought you were the biggest star. I am, but but he can still... I don't know. Just give me a fucking job, Daybreak. Denny Wayne storms the hallways of the Dallas Sportatorium. Bert! Bert! Get your crusty old Texas ass Bart, out here! Bart, the referee, walks by. Denny pokes him. Come on, Bart! Where is he? I don't know! He gets closer to Bert's office. I got a big problem with this news interview, old man. You can't hang me out to dry like this. You in there on side? Come in. Denny steps in a house of fire, finger pointed, marching straight to Bert's desk. I respect you, old man, but your big Texas mouth gonna get me thrown in the hooskow, and I ain't gonna do time. Bert, what's going on? Denny sees the tears in Bert's eyes and how he just finished praying. He knows something's up. Denny, sit down. I was just praying and thanking the Lord that Michael is alive. It's a miracle. Alive? Why wouldn't it be? You thought he was dead? He was dead, Denny. But he was resurrected by God himself. Wait, what? Michael is alive in Japan. Gabriel's there right now. Uh, what, a relief? Uh, what happened? A miracle is what happened. I'm so very confused, uh, but we need to talk about my life and death situation. Now, Bert, you just went on the TV and told people that I kidnapped your son and drugged him up. Now, I want to protect the business as much as anyone, but I ain't serving 20 years just to sell your angle. Uh, you won't have to do such a thing, Danny. We ain't pressing charges. Uh, oh, well, what a relief. In that case, come on, Bert. I'm in enough trouble as it is. Now the police are going to be asking me about my role in all this. I mean, we were together. Bert, you know that. Police ain't going to hassle you on any of this, I promise. They can't. Police report doesn't have any statements like that. Uh, that's just between me and the press. Cops ain't doing shit but processing your position. But did you see the follow-up report KTVT did on my interview? Would you throw in me trying to kill Michael in Japan for good measure? No. The Marks are buying it. What do you mean? They interviewed Marks outside one of our shows to follow up on the story. They're furious with you and what you done to Gabriel. They want to kill you. Bert smiles and sits back in his chair. And, uh... I'm meant to feel good about this? Knowing some mark can stab me or shoot me while I'm just walking up with a bag of burgers at McDonald's? Danny, don't you see? This is heat. Real heat we can take advantage of. We're gonna turn this into a match. This is the hottest angle we've had in years. Danny sits on the chair in disbelief. As soon as Gabe gets back from Japan, we'll get to work on this in both the biggest arenas. I'm talking myriad, Reunion Arena, maybe even the Superdome again. <laughs> All South is coming back. Mm-hmm. 
Crusher Krawcheck is bellied up at Pete's Garage Bar, drinking ice-cold Budweiser's in his old neighborhood across St. Louis, watching the Cardinals on a box TV behind the bar. Yeah, come on, Ozzy. What's wrong with you? Excuse me, sir. Can I buy you a beer? Crusher turns and looks at this extremely tall man with red hair. What are you? Some kind of fruitcake or something? Uh, no, sir. I want to talk to you about wrestling. Yeah, well, I don't do that anymore. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. Do you think you could teach someone else how to? Crusher scoffs and goes back to his beer and the TV. What do you do for a living? I drive a truck. Then go back to your rig, B.J. McKay, and forget about being a wrestler. Please, Crusher. I came a long way to find you. Well, you found me. Now, fuck off. I used to think of myself as a pretty tough guy. Then I ran into Dan Sanders at a bar just like this one last year. I thought I could challenge him to arm wrestle and beat a real-life wrestler at something. Well, needless to say, it didn't go well for me. Crusher scoffs again as he finishes his mug of Budweiser. The bartender, an older, heavier guy in an apron with a towel over his shoulder, immediately puts a fresh one in front of him, and the redhead hands the bartender a $5 bill. Ever since that day when Dan Sanders humbled me, I started watching more and more, appreciating wrestling, and started thinking about doing it. Now I saved up some money, and I know what a legend you are. And since you retired, maybe you can teach me how to be a wrestler. Crusher turns to the kid and gives him a full look. What's your name? Mark. Mark, how perfect. You are tall. What, about six foot eight? That's good, but it's more than size. And you have red hair with super pale skin. You look white as a ghost. Not many redheads in wrestling. Haven't you seen that Thor Hansen on TV? It's about being tan and pretty now. Please, sir. He takes a big swig while looking the tall one over, sussing out how sincere he is. Tell you what, kid. I don't train guys to wrestle, but there's a wrestler named Brick Sawyer, and I heard he does. Find that guy, and I'm sure he'll train ya. And hopefully you'll realize sooner than later, you're better off driving that truck. Crusher turns back to the ball game. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Pennsylvania, one of the few empire towns that still uses separate locker rooms for the faces and heels. Tommy Aloha walks in as most of the other babies are already here and sets his blue suitcase down with a large pool of flower stickers on the outside and starts to take off his satin jacket when the empire office of Louis the Greek and Les Henderson approach him 
carrying a paper bag of groceries. Tommy, he been watching you. Julian been watching you. You even better than we thought as intercontinental champion. Everybody's talking, Tommy. The boys, the office. I mean, you're on a roll. Thanks, Bradas. So we want to push you up even higher with you working a program with Killian Kavanaugh. Killian? Oh, yeah, boy. Back in 82, we work each other like six months. Tore the house down every night. We do this one finish, right? Do one makahuli flip. And we don't doubt that, Tommy. But we want to make this a, a red-hot blood feud. We think, and Julian thinks, if we do this right, this could be the hottest program in the business. Uh, after Thor's, of course. Thor, eating a short stack of hamburger patties, hard-boiled eggs, and milk, overhears and starts listening in. Whatever you boys want, I do. We're going to do the, the Killian's Club gimmick. He's going to interview out there. Uh, he's going to run you down and say he's going to make you feel at home like why? And pull out a pineapple and bananas and coconuts and, and cracking jokes and whatnot. You start to figure out he insult you and you don't do nothing. You just get angry and angry and boil and seethe with angry. Let it build and kill your mouth. Put the heat on him. So the whole time I just give him stink eye. Yes. And finally, you like, oh, you make fun of me. And he's all sarcastic and shit, and he's like, oh no. And then bam, he smashes you in the head with one of the coconuts. You go down and gig yourself. I get some good color. He baits on you some more, make a whole deal out of it. And then we run out to peel him off of you and separate you. And then we let you loose on the country. Yeah, okay, uh, we got one problem, though. You ever get hit with a coconut? Coconut kill guys. This like rock. What about pineapple? Pineapple no right, it hard kind like rock. People know a coconut is hard and humiliate you. Pineapple uh, humiliate you, but no hurt that much in people's mind. Can we give it the coconut so it'll split easier and it won't kill you? I think I can crack it without it fall apart. Henderson pulls out three coconuts out of the bag. Tommy takes one and looks around for something to hit it with. He walks up to the outside corner of a brick wall and gives it a couple careful whacks while spinning it around in his hand. Okay, it worked. I make one crack Hendo. Long as you use this one, the kind, then it should split open. He hands it to Hendo, puts it in the bag, and takes the others out before they all leave. Killian Kavanaugh is fired up as he blasts into the locker room. Woo! You see them people out there? Now that's heat, motherfuckers! He tears his shirt off, he's so adrenalized up. Oh, I can smell the money already! And God bless Tommy! Improvising, crashing, taking the whole set down. That was brilliant! I don't know why I didn't juice out there. A crimson mask would have been bloody perfect. Did Julian tell him no color? Tommy, where are you, mate? Henderson walks over to Killian, looking sullen as he rubs the back of his neck. Uh, something's wrong. Uh, he's here, but, but he ain't moving. Tommy Aloha is sitting on a steel chair in the corner, looking down, still, seemingly holding himself up with one hand on the wall. Oi, what's going on there, Tommy? Tommy? Killian walks up along with Hendo, Louie, and Buddy Melrose to check on the Hawaiian hunk, who's acting bizarre. Tommy, can stop selling now. Killian pats his back hard, and looks at his face. His eyes are glassy and not right. Tommy, can you hear me? Are you okay? He looks like he was knocked out like a prize fighter. 
Holy shite, did I stiffen with the coconut? You told me it was gimmicked, and you said Tommy was fine with me walloping him as hard as I could. It was. Uh, Tommy Gimp did himself. I-, I saw him. Did he put it in the bag? Yeah. Buddy walks over to the table where the remaining two coconuts are on the table and picks them up. He bangs one on the table, then he looks closer at the other one, and then smashes it against his other hand, and it splits easily. This was the one that he gimmicked. Thor Hansen walks over. What's going on, dudes? Whoa, what happened to Tommy? Henderson can't believe it. I swear I put that one in the bag. I'm so sorry, Tommy. I could have sworn that I put it in there. Shit, Hendo. We all know you're an airhead, but Jesus Christ, you need to be more careful. He slaps him on the back and walks off. Thor is right. I'm sorry, buddy. You gotta believe me. I know, Hendo. It was an honest mistake. But if we were on a movie set, this wouldn't have happened. This wasn't wrestling. This was an actual stunt. You guys shouldn't have done this. Buddy shakes his head and walks off. King of the Ring will return after these messages. That's fully clean. That's fully clean. You're not fully clean unless you're that's fully clean. Do I look clean to you? Surprise. I'm not fully clean unless I'm zestfully clean. So leave a sticky film on you that won't rinse away, but zest rinses you fully clean. Zestfully, zestfully, zestfully clean. You're not fully clean unless you're zestfully clean. The fun, all the shows A to Z and the facts. What's behind what you see, TV guy? The whole world of TV. That's entertainment. The stars. Underneath all the glow and the news From the people who know TV Guide It's a fabulous show So buy a TV Guide And read TV Guide That's entertainment We now return to Kingdom the Ring American damage. Everything I have, all my cars and houses, I earned from hard work, not from a communist government. You guys come in with your Russian flag and try to take me out? You don't take out Diamond Donny Gold. No way, brother. There ain't an airplane or a man on God's green earth that can take me out. And you're gonna find out the hard way. Because I'm gonna make it my personal goal to step back into that ring and wrestle again. And the only guys I want to wrestle are Vladimir and Dmitry Rykov. Oh my, outlaw Jesse James? Jesse steps out in his jeans, belt buckle, cowboy boots, a brave satin jacket, and his cowboy hat. As he approaches the podium, he holds his hand up to show he's not there to fight. With Jay Delvo standing between these two titans, Jesse speaks. Donnie I know exactly how you feel. I took on these foreigners myself, and I found myself in a pool of my own blood, buried underneath a Russian flag and without the world title. Now, Donnie, you've been around long enough to know this ain't gonna be one-on-one. It's you against Vladimir Rykov, Dmitry Rykov, and Prince Abdullah Akbar, and nobody not me, and not you, is winning one-on-three. So what do you say 
for even the odds. What are you talking about? And I saved you last week to stop them doing to you what they did to me. And it ain't ever gonna be over until we stop them for good. And the only way we can do that is if we join forces and team up. Donnie looks back in disbelief. Wait, what are you talking about? Diamond Danny Gould and Jesse James is a tag team against the Raycups? You gotta be kidding me. Now, Donnie, we got a history, a long history, and there's no love lost. This is bigger than our past. This is about America. Now, we don't gotta be friends, but we can stand side by side to stop the Russians. What do you say? Well, What's it gonna be, Donnie? Will you team up with the outlaw Jesse James? With Jesse's hand extended to shake, Donnie looks him over with his hands on his hips, looking around back and forth unsure. What the hell? And he shakes Jesse's hand. I can't believe it, fans. In Diamond Donnie Gold's first match back, he will team with the outlaw Jesse James against the Russians. Jerry George, a.k.a. Corporal Punishment, looks the part in his camouflage pants, tank top, and sweat and dirt smudged across his body and face, along with a giant prosthetic hole in his chest, while sitting in a fabric director's chair. Beside Sonny Linden, a.k.a. Billy Soul, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, the sets and lighting for Predator are being taken down around them by the vast crew, as the three relax in the Mexican jungle, with shooting almost done. Yeah, Jerry, have a stogie. You've earned it. The star of Predator hands out cigars. You were great, Jerry. I appreciate all that you gave. For your first acting job, you were fantastic. Billy, the mysterious Native American in Predator, adds, I agree. 48 hours was my first job, and I was quite nervous. You're a natural. You should do more. I guess wrestling before 20,000 people every night sort of... Helps you get over the jitters. When do you go back to the ring? Um, I don't work for the Empire anymore. No? What happened? Um, Julian tends to have unrealistic expectations for the talent. It sounds like the head of one of the brothers. What a jerk. What did he want you to do? He wanted me to become a Russian turncoat in the ring just to wrestle Thor Hansen. Oh, it sounds like a lot of money. Yes, but I couldn't do it. I am a patriot through and through. It could never portray that in the ring. It's a bit different than playing a part in a movie. Wrestling fans view what we do as real life. And I come from a long line of family in the military. They'd never forgive me. There is no honor in that, Jerry. I understand completely. You're better off doing this. Even when I play a villain on the silver screen, there has to be some redeeming quality. I can't be a total scumbag. And if I ever did that, it would be purely for the money. And there's no turning back from that. Amen to that, brother. Jerry, I think once this movie comes out in 1987, Julian will be begging to have you back. As a patriot. I hope so, Arnold. I hope so. What a melee is this capacity crowd in St. Paul who has never seen a brawl like this. Both Shark and Buzz are bleeding as these Four men have been beating the ever-living tar out of each other. Oh no! Yosemite and Tex just brought the bull ropes in the cowbells! The referee's seen enough, he's calling this match. 
I don't know what the decision will be, but... Oh, oh, Yosemite Smith just wallowed buzzsaw with that cowbell and gonging the Liberty Bell. And he's down. Oh, okay, uh, let's find out the decision here. Major team testing to me. Major team following the rules. I'm disqualified both teams. They're both disqualified. Okay. The referee has come to a decision. Both teams have been disqualified. There is no winner. And please stick around for the main event. The All-American Dan Sanders versus King Kong Cyrus. Thank you. All four men meet in the hallway where Nelly Gott shakes their hands. Great job, fellas. Oh, thanks, Yosemite. That was awesome. You slashed me pretty good with that bell. Well, you didn't want to blade yourself. So the edge of the bell works just as good, brother. Yeah, yeah we got him good. I think we'll do some good stuff. Charlie Gotch walks by all pissed off. Dad, did you see the match? No. He stomps on by, so Nelly follows him out. What are you so sullen about? It was our biggest St. Paul house we've drawn since Buddy and Goliath. We lost TV in Boise and Bozeman. They smell at Marcus, but it's still TV. And they're, they're claiming this kind of violence is why. This didn't even air. They just beat them with ropes last week. Jesus, I was going to run this match all across the circuit. The fans are strong to see the outlaws in the apocalypse. You know, son, uh, they smell bullshit. I have to make some more calls to try to keep him in. So, um, do you think this Julian Kane? Without a doubt. And all of this needs to stop. In Hamburg, Hollywood buddy Melrose is drinking with some of the Empire wrestlers, Chief Thunder, the Bronx Bombers, and Brian Lovejoy. Tony Gergioni asks, You guys see the deal with Tommy and Killy? Chief Thunder Tony Carlucci says, Yeah, they did Killian's club. Killian went off in his promo on Tommy, started pulling up fruits, bananas, and shit, goofing on him, being Hawaiian, and smashing a fucking coconut over his head. He was to the max. Brian Lovejoy says, I was wondering what was going on. I could hear the fans going crazy. Yeah, Tommy was zoned out after. That shot from Killian was really fucking stiff. It was from a coconut. You can't really pull your punch with something like that. It was dangerous. It shouldn't have happened. To you guys, if this was on a movie set, there would have been someone to make sure that coconut was gimmicked. Just like how there's someone to make sure the, the guns don't have real bullets in them, or the swords and knives are dull. Thankfully, Tommy didn't get knocked out, but if there was a union in wrestling, it wouldn't have happened at all. And Tommy would be here drinking with us instead of sleeping it off upstairs. A union in wrestling? What good would that do? Well, to prevent things like what happened to Tommy. I don't know, Hollywood. Would that really help my career? A union can't give you a push, but you can get things like proper health insurance. Uh, Empire pays for your injuries in the ring, but, but what about outside of it? regular family checkups or seeing a dentist. Yeah, I just don't go. That's where I get my pretty smile. Yeah. In Canada, the government takes care of our medical care. But yeah, the boys down here are up the creek without a pedal. Let me ask you guys. Has your pay been going up since Julian took over? Yeah, and making more money than ever. But are you actually getting more money per match, or are you just working more shows? Think about it. Uh, and I saw the Bronx Bomber shirts at the concession stands. But how much are you guys getting for that? I don't know, just get something more of my check. I don't know how to figure it. Julian never talked to you about it, about any of this. I sort of asked, and he didn't really answer. The other bomber says, Then now what about the new dolls? 
Do you know what you're getting? What percentage? Because I guarantee you guys in the NBA and the NFL, they know what they get when they sell jerseys. When Sylvester Stallone sells Rocky toys, he knows exactly what he's getting. You know how? From the Screen Actors Guild. From the NFL Players Association. Uh, the National Basketball Players Association. They're all unions. With cable growing, wrestling is getting bigger and bigger. And with the expansion of the empire, that's millions coming in. It's being built with the backs of the boys. My cousin Louis part of the Teamsters. Uh, they do some good shit for the guys at his plant. Same deal, right? I'm in. All right, Hollywood. You convinced me. How do I sign up? Well, that's the hard part. Ownership and management never want unions because they don't want to pay. They want to hold on to as much money as they can. But if the boys stick together as a united front, then ownership has no choice but to come to the table. And that's how this works. That's how it's always worked. You have to force their hand. Why are you doing this, buddy? You're retired and already set, right? Yeah, I know I'm off this, but I'm also one of the boys. And was for over 30 years. And I can be that bridge because what's right is right. Maybe we can get the Alliance guys in this, make this national. But the boys have to stick together. I'm in, buddy. Just uh, let us know what we have to do. All right, just hang on tight for now. We need numbers. I'll keep talking to some attorneys and union reps from SAG. But mum's the word for now. I'm the only office who knows about this. Let's keep it that way. With the party at the Marriott in Atlanta into the wee hours of the night, guys like the Jivetown Express are passed out on the floor, Bobby Lee Rivers is back in his room with a couple of girls fast asleep, the Rykoffs are out, even Prince Abdullah is passed out with a vomit across his belly. Yet there's still Diamond Donnie Gold, Pretty Boy Willie Dean, and even the best Kenny West still drinking. So what's good word, golden boy? Really gonna step back into that ring? Oh yeah, the big feels strong, the baddies kitchen up. We're looking at either Charlotte or Greensboro, or maybe the Hemney, I don't know. Think you can be as good as you were? I mean, a lot of talk about Tommy Loha being the man now. Ran into Leroy back home. He told me he and Tall Paul tore the house down at the Cow Palace. Tall Paul? That guy's the shits. No one's gotten a good match out of that, oaf. There's even whispers about putting the strap on him. Over Thorpe? Whoa. Uh, good for Tommy, but uh, if he's the best, he's the best. Uh, I'm just hoping to work a respectable match at this point. I'm sure you can do that, Donnie. Speaking of tearing the house down. Boy, did Jesse find magic with you two. I watched the entire match you guys had with the Jave danced. You two really have something. Jesse should put you with the Rockin' Rulers. <laughs> that would be money. Thanks, Donnie. I mean, so much coming from you. You're like my idol. Willie Dean and Kenny West clank their beers. Someone stirs and it's Bo Riggs, who pushes up on all fours and starts crawling towards the toilet. It's always you, Tree. The last one still partying. Hey, brother, I'll do anything to hang out with Diamond Donnie Gold, even if I have to drink all night. I'm Willie Dean, the other half of the Penis Brothers, baby.
in a large red velvet chair in a downtown restaurant in Memphis, Tennessee, Bert Ironside sits back and exhales a large plume of cigar smoke from his withered old face. Now that we're all caught up on our personal business, it's time we dealt with the reason we're gathered here today. It has become painfully obvious that Daniel Hawkins has become a problem. He has disregarded the wishes of the World Wrestling Alliance and was erratic and pulled a power play on us. He is the next Julian Kane. The more specific problem that he poses is that Hawkins holds our World Heavyweight title and the belt in his position. We are the stewards and caretakers of the Alliance and the entire wrestling industry. We are duty-bound to protect the business. The World Heavyweight Championship has never been seen as lower than it is right now. Title defenses outside the SCW territory have ceased to exist. Now, beautiful Baron Lovelace, a mid-card gimmick wrestler, portraying a, a homosexual as our champion? This is the last straw. For these violations, and the threat that Daniel Hawkins poses to the World Wrestling Alliance itself. I propose Hawkins Promotions membership be revoked and that he be removed from the World Wrestling Alliance. All those in favor. Raylan Crenshaw raises his hand. Ah! Charlie Gotch, with a sneer on his face, raises his glass of red wine. Yay. Bert looks at both men. And I third the motion. With the Alliance President and majority of the board voting to the affirmative, I hereby declare that effective immediately, Daniel Hawkins, and whatever he calls his promotion these days, is out of the World Wrestling Alliance. You heard Louis the Greek and Hendo pitching the coconut angle to Killian Kavanaugh. And you're listening to the extended edition of Kings of the Ring, available exclusively on Patreon. If you do not hear this scene, you're listening to the Worldwide Theatrical Edition, and we invite you to become a patron, where you will hear the extended version of Season 5 and the entire back catalog of the series. Just visit patreon.com slash kingsotr. You'll also hear new episodes on the 15th of every month, instead of the first, like everyone else. Uh, you can also give your feedback to us directly on your favorite scenes, which help shape the show. And you can even be an actual character in the show. Thanks again to all of our existing patrons and our regular fans literally around the world. Uh, Canada, the UK, and Australia are our largest groups of fans outside the US, but Mexico is really starting to grow here in 2023. Uh, maybe we need to get El Lobo back in the mix as our resident luchador. Anyway, thanks so much for listening and for your support. <laughs>